Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Uh, I'm so excited about today's lesson. I'm going to talk to you about discipline, a leader's best friend. Discipline, a leader's best friend. But before I do, I want to put a couple of dates on your schedule. One is June 7th in Claremore, Oklahoma. Claremore is just outside uh, Tulsa. So all of you in that part of Oklahoma or any part of Oklahoma, we want to invite you to this. I'll be at a great church. Rick Burke is the pastor there. Very dear friend. I love and admire him a whole lot. And so I would encourage you to come to this because being in the room will help you. Uh, the second date is in Atlanta on June 20th. I'll be with two dear friends. I will be with Johnson Bowie. He is the lead pastor of Victory. And then also Dennis Rouse, who is the founding pastor. This is an amazing roundtable. It's where uh, relationships are built and leadership begins to explode. And I just want to invite you to uh, come and be a part. You can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and you can sign up there. So please do that. Today I want to talk to you about discipline is a leader's best friend. Discipline is a leader's best friend. Let me start by giving you two quotes from Solomon in the book of Proverbs. He says in Proverbs chapter 8 verses 32 through 33, so my dear friends, listen carefully to those who embrace these ways. They are most blessed. Mark a life of discipline and live wisely. Don't squander your precious life. What did he say? He said, you can just write it down. Discipline is what gives you wisdom. And wisdom is what leads you to the kind of life that you want to live. But he said, it starts with discipline. Just mark it down. Write it down. Discipline is where it begins. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 17. The road to life is a disciplined life. Ignore correction, and you're lost for good. The road to life is a disciplined life. Have you ever gotten on the wrong road, and you didn't realize you were on the wrong road until you had been on that road for a period of time? And after a period of time, what happened was you realized you had to turn around and get on the right road. That's what happens to people. Um, they don't realize that the road they need to be on to have the life that they've been called to live is a life of discipline. So let me just put it in a little bit of context. Uh, the front side of leadership is about talent. It's about being gifted. It's about being good at something. It's about having talent and levels of talent in life. And so the front side of life is about talent. The backside of life and leadership is about discipline. So here's the thing. The front side of leadership in life is about talent. I've watched literally young, talented people who just explode on the scene. They seem to have it all together. They seem to make it. They seem to process everything. They seem to be the next big thing. And then they hit the wall. Because what happens is, is their talent begins to build they begin to have success, but the success gets bigger. The responsibilities get greater. And what happens is, is the success and responsibility gets bigger than their talent. 
And see, if they don't have discipline, they'll implode. See, talent will get you halfway. Discipline is what gets you to the finish line. Now, let me start by giving you a couple of definitions. Discipline is the ability to do what you have to do when you don't want to do it. I came up with that definition years ago in my life. It was really based on a verse in the Old Testament where it says, if you diligently hearken unto him. And it was that word diligence, which is sort of a precursor word to our modern word uh, discipline. And I always define diligence as this, the ability to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. That's what discipline is. Can you do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it? If you can do that, you have discipline. See, discipline is a decision you make on good days which carry you through the bad days. So discipline is a decision that you make on good days. And that decision that you make on good days carries you through the bad days. Now, what you can't do is find discipline on bad days. If you're not disciplined on good days, you have no hope of discipline on bad days. Problems do not make you more disciplined. They challenge your discipline. And so discipline is the decision that you make on good days, which carry you through bad days. And discipline is the gift that you give yourself. Um, Last year at our pastor's conference, we gave out a mug And on there, it had my quote on there that basically said, uh, discipline is the gift that a leader gives themselves. Deadlines are what people give you when you lack discipline. See, someone with discipline seldom is ever given a deadline. Why? Because they have the ability to perform without pressure. And the reason deadlines are given is someone else is having to pressure you to do something. But discipline is the gift that you give yourself. Now, being gifted doesn't mean that you have discipline. In fact, um, in sports, they have a saying, there's nothing more common than lazy talent. It's somebody that they just do whatever they do naturally. They can just walk on a baseball field and it seems natural. They can walk on a basketball court and it seems natural. And they can walk eventually on any kind of field and it just seems natural. But what they will tell you is is that when you're young and it's very natural to you, it's easy to skip discipline. And what that means is, is you become lazy. And they literally have that phrase, lazy discipline. Someone who has lazy talent in their life. They just lack the discipline to do what needs to be done to get the most of the talent that they have. See, without discipline, you will disqualify your gift. There is no degree of gifting that replaces being disciplined. And so without discipline, you disqualify your gift. Now, everyone has discipline. I found that. I found that everybody has discipline. It can look like this. Well, that's my favorite TV show. I never miss it. 
What do they have to do? They have the discipline to make sure that at a certain day, at a certain time, at a certain place, they are going to be there. But it's about a TV show. Everyone has discipline, but however, for most people, it's placed in the wrong things. I won't miss a meal. I won't miss a TV show. I won't miss, and you plug it in, and there are people that are highly disciplined in areas that don't matter. And so everyone has discipline, but too often it's misplaced. Some are more disciplined when it comes to their vacations than it comes to their life. I remember a staff member, I would see him in his room and he was writing and he was writing and he was writing. And it caught me off guard because I didn't see him be this prolific writer. And after a week of doing this, I walked in, I said, man, what are you working on? And he said, my vacation. He was more disciplined to plan his vacation than he was to plan his life. See, the worst thing you can do is use your A, discipline, in B areas. So someone has their A game discipline, but they use it in B areas. God doesn't care if you use discipline in B areas. What he cares about is if you take your A discipline and you use it in areas that don't matter. I had a conversation with a pastor. This this guy just loved to cycle. And I'm talking about cycling 60 to 100 miles and going out there and coming back. But he was asking me some questions about his church. And what I told him is this. I said, you take your A discipline, your A energy, and you use it in a B area. He was using his best discipline for cycling. And he was giving his less than best discipline to the things that matter. So, A discipline in B areas creates a problem. You have to reserve your A discipline for your A game. For me, I am required to be on planes. For me, I am required to be in rooms. For me, I'm required to give my heart and to pour my heart into people and to pour my heart into organizations. And do you know what? I have to conserve my A discipline for that. So I tell people, I'm never going to be a great golfer. And the reason I'm not going to be a great golfer is because I can't use my A discipline in a B area. Now, that doesn't mean if you're a good golfer that you've used your A discipline. You just may have started earlier. You may have been better coached. But what I am saying is there are people who use their A discipline in B areas. God gets B discipline rather than A discipline. Also, being disciplined in one area doesn't mean you're disciplined in all. I'm very disciplined in a few areas. I'm very disciplined in the area of prayer. I'm very disciplined in the area of preparation. I'm very disciplined in the area of practice communication. I'm very disciplined in them. But here's what you need to understand. Whatever you are at home shows up eventually in your leadership. 
So you're not going to be more disciplined in public than you are in private. A leader's disciplines become the organization's habits. See, I'm disciplined. And our church takes my disciplines and they become theirs. So I said, I'm disciplined when it comes to prayer. Well, my church prays. And the reason it prays is because I pray. Your organization's not going to be more disciplined in areas than you are. Because your disciplines become the church's or the organization's habits. And here's what discipline really is in the function of life. Discipline is the ability to tell yourself no. That's what discipline usually is. It's me looking at Gerald and saying no. Some people cannot tell themselves no. My wife and I have this little joke because uh, she likes Mexican food. And um, all of you have been to a Mexican food restaurant. What they do is they bring out the chips and salsa. Well, when that chips and salsa are in front of you, the easiest thing to do is just to devour that basket. But one of the things I've learned is that I will devour the basket, but I have to say no. So I will push the basket out of my arm reach. She laughs at that because she loves the chips and she doesn't plan on doing that. Now, I have to push things away that other people enjoy if I'm going to be disciplined. It is learning to say no and yes. Can you tell yourself no? See, discipline says no to things everyone else says yes to. I'm literally on the road and and people will sit there and say, well, do you want to go do this? Do you want to go do that? And it's not that I don't want to go do those things. I know to do what I do and to do it well, I need to process and to stick to the game plan. And so I look at him, I say, man, I've got a little bit of time. I want to spend that time with you, but I can't go do that. Because if I do that, I will be no good at the thing that I'm supposed to be good at. So can you say no no to things everyone else gets to say yes to? Can you say yes to things everyone else says no to? So can you say, yes, I will spend more time doing this. When other people are saying, I'm not going to do that. So can you say yes to things everyone else says no to? See, discipline has to be bigger than your emotions. Now, everyone has emotions, but your discipline has to be bigger than it. Otherwise, your emotions will drive you places that you do not need to be driven to. The disciplines you develop today are the answer to the problems you'll face tomorrow. As I said earlier, uh, you don't become disciplined in bad days. If you're not disciplined on good days when everything's going well, then you will not be disciplined on a bad day. Now, another thing that I know about discipline is that you have to develop today so that you will be able to have the answers to problems tomorrow. So you have to develop the disciplines today so that you will have the answers tomorrow. It's amazing to me how when I'm disciplined to read, I'm disciplined to think, I'm disciplined to write, I will read something 
I will write something and a month away, something will happen. And I didn't realize that what I was reading, what I was writing was prepping me for that given moment. The disciplines you develop today are the answers to the problems you will face tomorrow. Now, everyone has areas that they're weak in and are hard to discipline. Everyone does. Discipline isn't easy for anybody. Everyone has weak areas that are hard to discipline. So let me give you just some disciplines that you need to have and that I need to have if we're going to do a good job. Here's one. The disciplines you must have. The discipline of prayer. Now, here's what people will typically say. Well, well, I'm not gifted in prayer. It doesn't matter whether you're gifted in prayer. Jesus told you to pray. And the most profound thing that the disciples took away from Jesus was his prayer time. When they saw him repeatedly separate himself and go out to pray until eventually they asked the question, Lord, can you teach us to pray? Prayer is not natural for most people, and Jesus told us why. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, your heart wants to connect to God. Your body wants to give you every reason that you cannot connect to God. And if you don't discipline your body, you will live a life that is disconnected from God. So the discipline of prayer. If you're not praying, you're not leading. Now, you're not going to lead in the field I'm in, and I don't think you're going to lead in any field because if you're not praying, then you're limited to your resources. And you're not big enough, strong enough, wise enough, tough enough. You need resources that are bigger than you. So if you're not praying, you're not leading. The discipline of hope. David put it this way in Psalm 42 and verse 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And he's talking about whenever you've led for an extended period of time, you deal with repeated problems. Problems that you have, problems that others have, problems that your organization has. Because the nature of leadership is that uh, people will push the problems up to the leader. So leaders are confronted with, with problems every day. It's not a question of, am I going to have problems? It's a question of whose problems am I going to have? What is the size of those problems, the dimensions? But if you are not in a position where you've learned the discipline of hope, then the problems are going to overwhelm you. And the discipline of hope is, is that the God of all hope will fill you. And then at the end of that, that the Holy Spirit will fill you with hope. And, and you've got to have the discipline of letting God build in you godly hope. That hope has to be inside you. It has to be godly hope. Because we know from Abraham's life, the father of faith, the example of faith, that he hoped against hope. Natural hope is not enough. There has to be a hope that comes from God. And um, you have to learn to take that hope into problems. 
because you're going to have to give other people hope and you're going to have to sustain hope. Otherwise, you are going to get yourself in trouble. And so the discipline of hope, can you give people a reason to keep going? But more importantly, do you have a reason to keep going? Well, one of the disciplines you have to have is the discipline of growth. Can you grow every day? Can you get better? Can you put the disciplines in place that make you better? And so every day, you're just enhancing your life. Can you stay current? Can you be better? Can you? And so can you have that discipline inside you to grow? And then, do you have the discipline of tension? That you can deal with different tensions that are pulling you. One of the tensions I believe the Bible asks us to manage is Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9, that you may abound more and more in love and in all judgment. See, they seem counterintuitive. They're tension points. How do I maintain my loving perspective towards people and deal with the fact that sometimes you have to articulate tough judgments about events. And it's the tension of when are you too loving and you're not giving a conclusion, a decision, a judgment. And when are you exercising judgment and you're no longer exercising love? See, there's tension points. And as a leader, do you have the discipline to manage them? Do you have the discipline to manage today and tomorrow? There are things I've got to do today, but nothing I do today is going to stop me from thinking about tomorrow because I need to be prepared for it. So there are all these tension points. But as a leader, you have to have discipline, the discipline of prayer. You've got to be able to connect to God. The discipline of hope. You've got to give people a reason and have a reason to keep going. And the discipline of growth. You've got to keep getting better at who you are and what you're supposed to be. And the discipline of tension that you're going to have to take truths that are absolutely true but seem to be in opposition. So can you manage the discipline of tension? I believe that discipline is our best friend. Best friends are there when nothing else is there. And there will be days when nothing else is there other than the disciplines you've learned. And I believe that discipline is a best friend because best friends are closer to you. And you're never going to be closer to anything than the things you've disciplined yourself to do in life. I hope this helps you. I hope you get it. I hope it's meaningful to you. Hey, want to remind you, Claremore, June 7th, uh, Atlanta, June 20th. You can go to Gerald Brooks Ministries. You can hear about all of my podcasts, all of the other information that you can download. And then uh, you can also uh, sign up for these roundtables. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.